Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. Pete Anita Marks in for Han this week, and it is Thursday night, and the Jets will be playing on national television. <laughs> yeah. Jets and Browns tonight. Riveting game, Bart Scott. Well, listen, one team is doing something that we expected them to do. Uh, we thought we just thought it was going to be Deshaun Watson behind the center. Everybody was bold on that. And people thought, just imagine just how many TV executives was left with pie in their face because Aaron Rodgers didn't make it. Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes. Eh. Patrick, <laughs> you know, Aaron Rodgers versus uh, Justin Herbert. Eh. You know, Aaron Rodgers versus um, uh, Josh Allen. Eh. Like we got, well, we got, well, we got four plays of it. Just imagine all these primetime games from a team that had didn't even make it to the postseason, the Aaron Rodgers effect, and what it did to, like, TV and potential ratings of Sam. I feel like when you look at Aaron Rodgers, it's like watching Dan Marino or John Elway when we knew that we were only going to get treated with two more years of that potentially, right? You know, what that was about. Or Brett Favre, where he was still, like, able to win a Super Bowl, still capable, but on his way out. It's like we're watching Aaron Rodgers, and we want to see Aaron Rodgers versus, like, the big-time guys, the young and upcoming guys that's going to take the baton when he leaves. And hopefully we get that next year. But, man, I tell you what, man, if, I, if I'm if i a TV exec, you, you truly know and anticipate that it is, it is a rolling of the dice when you try to put teams on national television that you believe is going to be effective and going to have great ratings when you think about New York markets and the markets that move the needle from a rating standpoint. Well, I'll go one step further. If I'm, if I'm an executive and I work for CBS or NBC or ESPN, whatever the case, there's going to be a clause in my contract that um, I'm going to be able. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not just starting week nine, by the way. Right. Like, What's that about? And like, the, like, and 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 the the storyline here, with all due respect, is Joe Flacco yeah. and the Cleveland Browns. And you and I touched on it yesterday. You know, Joe Flacco, I think, really uh, is most deserving in regard to winning Comeback Player of the Year. Um, you know, I think he's gonna grip it. I think he's know. gonna grip it and, and rip it again tonight. You know. um, I think. I think the Browns are going to win. I, and, and listen, I was, again, yesterday you and I were playing around with the uh, the ESPN NFL playoff machine. Yeah. I spent some time on it this morning. You know, there was a scenario where the Cleveland Browns could get the number one seed bar. Uh, I knew that, you were no, there, there's a scenario where the Cleveland Browns, seriously. I know, I know. It's a if the Ravens lose out, if the Ravens lose out, and Cleveland wins out, <laughs> There, there's a scenario where Cleveland could get the number one seed. How crazy is that? Yeah, but then this would be a participation award because it would be three quarterbacks that contributed to it. Uh, you know, I, you know, and I, I truly believe what I said when I said that Joe Flacco should be comeback player of the week of the year. But then I started looking at some of the other contenders, and it's not going to be – it's not as cut and dry as we believe. Now, because he came from the count, you know, and wasn't in a mini camp, we, we look at it a little differently. But – um. I didn't. I forgot that Matthew Stafford was injured last year, and Matthew Stafford's right there as far as being comeback player of the year. We thought that he was the, done. The story can't even. 
sorry, story can't even hold like nowhere close. But it's a, it's a to, small to what's going a, on with Joe Flacco. But it's a short sample size, though. Compared in this to Cleveland a whole Browns season. team. Yeah, but it's like a short sample size. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just speaking for what maybe some of the people that think we're tripping would say, right? I'm thinking about you know arguing it from the from both sides. You know, Matthew Stafford is right there. And I forget some other people that, you know, were contenders for it, but I definitely know that Matthew Matthew Stafford is one that should be considered when you consider what his competition is. So uh, coming your way in about 25 minutes, we have Nathan Zagura, who is part of the Cleveland Browns <laughs> broadcast team, who's, who's going to be joining us on the program. Excited to talk to him, uh, get some insight in regard to – you know, uh, what, what this organization is, is feeling and thinking around Joe Flacco and, and, and how this team is, is operating and what their chances are, again, not just beating the Jets uh, tonight, but potentially, again, there is a scenario where they could, unlikely, but there is still a scenario where they can get the number one seed, which is absolutely bizarre. But back to, to, to you know, your first comment, like the executives out there, you know, outside of New York, you know, obviously – a lot of folks here are going to be watching this game because it is the Jets, right? Um, but outside of New York, this is going to garnish a lot of viewership tonight. Yeah, even on a bad Thursday, Bart? football is kicking basketball's ass. And I think those reports came out too. That, you know, I mean, the, the worst games are still getting you 20 million um, viewers opposed to some of the best games in basketball, 5 million, which is kind of crazy, right, when you think about it. But – that's why we love football and college football so much because every game can be the game that stops you from going where you need to go, right? We think about some of the close games that were lost by teams. Like Baltimore, we wouldn't even be having this discussion if they could have took care of the measly uh, Steelers and beat Indianapolis Colts. They, they they really shouldn't have any losses on their, on their record. Uh, but that's why you talk about concentration. You talk about, you know, buying in, being able to focus when you're the hunted every week. And, you know, this week is going to – what we love is the schedule makers. And I don't know if they use Chad GPT or whatever they use um, to come up with these scenarios. But I'm here for all of it because it seems like this week you're going to be able to turn on television. And whether the team that's in it is a good team or not, every game has consequences. Uh, again, it is uh, the Bart and Han show. Nita Mark's in for Han this week. Uh, talking a lot about, obviously, the game tonight, the Jets going up against the Cleveland Browns. Um, by the way, uh, Amari Cooper is going to be a game-time decision tonight because of a heel, so by the way. So disrespectful. We, we, saw, we saw this with Jalen Waddle. Like, ah, just go ahead and get healthy. Our defense, Trevor Simeon, we got this. You go get healthy, big fella. I mean, just – just the disrespect never stops. So are you anticipating, like, I was just going to say, so are you anticipating him to not be active tonight? Yeah, you feel I, that, I, yeah. that Cleveland's feeling they could go into this and they could win without him, so heal up. Right. And this we is need the, you for the playoffs. Yeah. And this is the Elijah Moore Bowl right here, right? This is what we're talking about. This is the Elijah Moore Bowl, you know, the get-back game. This is the team that gave up on you. Ha, ha, ha. You thought with Aaron Rodgers you were going to be right here. But, look, I, I, we got what you want. We're going to be in the postseason, and you're not. I think, you know, if if I'm a defense, I would tell Amari Cooper, man, we got this. You, you, you go get right because we got bigger things in line. Short week, um, not a lot of weapons, great test for your defense, but a defense that should be able to handle the Jets. Um, and we'll see how this works out because every once in a while, the Jets will do something like win a game they're not supposed to win and jack up their uh, draft status. And, you know, this is just one of those games where you don't, 
when you're playing with no fear, no consequences, sometimes you play a lot better. Let's see if that had if that affects the Jets tonight. Um, I've got some picks and some plays for you heading into tonight's game. Uh, we'll have that coming your way after we talk to Nathan Zagura. Again, excited to get him on uh, to, to talk about what this, this team is, is going through. Here's another thing in regards to the Cleveland Browns. You know, the amount of money that they're paying for Deshaun Watson, yeah. right? Like, and, and again, listen, I, I've said this time and time again. With all due respect to, to your and the defensive side of the ball and the position that you played, mm-hmm. Bart, I feel that quarterback is the most important position of all, in all of professional sport. You can, you can argue yeah. point guard, center, goalie, yep. uh, starting pitcher, closing pitcher, whatever. So, you know, I, I understand that the money that, that does get equated to the quarterbacks out there, but boy, you know, the, looking at this scenario yeah, and seeing the amount of money that they have allotted for Deshaun Watson, who, did not, who, who was off the field more than he was on the field this season – and yet Joe Flacco coming in and really elevating this team and then them playing the best football with Joe Flacco, they've, you got, you've got to imagine they've got to be sitting back and going, why are we spending all this money on Deshaun Watson? Well, Granted, well, this is an outlier situation. Well, listen, there, you know, in light of what's going on with Russell Wilson and the fact that you know, the Broncos are going to eat $85 million, you can't anticipate, mm, mm, mm. You can't anticipate the, the Browns eating any of uh, Deshaun Watson's contract. I think he's going to get another year. This was the second year of that deal, correct? So going in, this is going to be the third year. This will be the uh, – he'll be going to the third year of this deal. It's nothing you can do, but he was starting to turn it around and start playing a little better. you know. But you know, next year he's going to be going into the third year at 29 years old. I mean, I don't see a scenario where you can – go into a season and say, hey, I think Joe Flacco gives us a better chance to win. Or the backup, I forget his name, Dorian something. I don't know if you can go in and say, I believe that he gives us a better chance to win. And knowing that you have a lot of dead cap money, usually you start get some relief. But when you guarantee a whole contract, I don't know if you actually get that relief. You know, But they could. They could. if They're creative. If they call a team like Atlanta who's desperate like they were and say, hey, I'll spend – and pay a percentage of his salary if you take him and give us some draft compensation back, maybe just maybe they'll pull that move. But I, I can't anticipate them making that move in 2024, maybe 2025 when he's 30 years old. And it's crazy because 35 years old, we expect him to be like Aaron Rodgers. We thought he was a guy that was going to go well into his late 30s and play at a high level. Man, it has been a total decline from what we saw from Deshaun Watson the last two years in comparison to what we saw him the last time we saw him as a full-time starter with Houston. It looked like only Patrick Mahomes was better than him in his NFL. And, man, what a difference a year makes, what's a difference a day makes. Absolutely. Uh, so, again, Jets in action tonight. We'll open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. Uh, do you want to test the waters? Who's yeah, rooting? Let's dip, let's dip who's rooting? Let's dip our toe in it. Let's dip our toe into uh, what's 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 the percentage of Jets fans that are actually rooting for the Jets to win uh, 60-40. tonight? 60-40. Against, <laughs> against the Cleveland Browns. And who's rooting for them not to win? Because right now, if the season was to end today, they would draft ninth overall uh, in the scheme of things. Uh, we, need top, we, need top, we need at least six or higher. 
Well, in order for that to happen, uh, they, they need to lose twice. Uh, an, another scenario as well that I want to dive into at some point in time, maybe not in the first hour, but in the second hour, I want to talk about the Giants. Had some conversations yesterday, spoke to a few people in and around the Giants organization, cover the team, and I was asking, why go back to Tyrod Taylor? I don't understand. Brian Dable wants to win. More important, the draft pick is not as important than the winning culture for the Giants organization. Okay? So uh, uh, that, that is the re- like He knows what time it is with, with, with Tyrod Taylor. Why did he go back to Tyrod Taylor? Tyrod Taylor gives the Giants a better opportunity to win. Dable hates losing. He'd rather win. If they do win, again, chances are they don't, in my opinion. I think the yeah. Rams win this week. Yeah, I think next week that. the Philadelphia Eagles are, are, are going to be in a situation where they have to beat the Giants in order to, to, to try to get the number one seed. Yeah. You know, obviously, if, if and, and then it's really interesting because then you've got the Rams that yeah. are taking on the 49ers. So if yeah. the Eagles beat the Giants in week 18 and the 49ers lose to the Rams in week 18, then the Eagles get the number one seed over the 49ers. So there is motivation there. It's not like the Eagles are going to come yeah. in and lay down. So I, 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 I don't anticipate the Giants to win the next two games. But interesting enough, though, Bart, that Dable does not want to lose. Yeah. Well, oddly enough, I feel like the game that they have a better chance in winning is against Philadelphia because they just saw them. And they and not much changes in two weeks. A team like the Rams, they're not familiar with how they go about business, how they match up, how they perform in certain – they haven't seen the Puka Nakua experiment, the Williams experiment, and the Cooper Cup experiment. So I think that's a game that they're going to struggle to win more um, with a equally desperate team than they will. I wouldn't be surprised if they beat Philadelphia and try and take good things from Philadelphia. But in beating Philadelphia, you're helping – the Dallas Cowboys, which is a catch-22. But, you know, I, I believe that, you know, trying to set that culture is important, but not at the expense in winning the war uh, just to win a battle, right? I want to win the war. I don't want to win a battle. I want to win the war. I want I want the big picture. And I would have stayed with Tommy DeVito unless you've already determined that Tyrod Taylor is going to be on his roster next year. If he's not going to be on his roster next year and they go back and they let Tyrod Taylor hit free agency and leave, then I'll be highly disappointed in the fact that they didn't decide to go with a guy that potentially could still be on the roster the following year. 800-919-3776. So we'll talk, we'll talk Jets, getting you ready for that Jets-Browns matchup, which, by the way, you can listen to right here on 98.7 ESPN, your pregame show coming your way right here as well. We'll hear from Nathan Zagura, part of the, the Browns broadcast team. I do want to dive into what's going on with the uh, with the Giants and Brian Dable and their uh, their – their desire to win, very similar to the Jets. Neither team uh, valuing, <laughs> and not to say that they don't value a high drop pick, obviously, but there are two schools of thought here. One is, all right, I've got to get a high drop pick. There's some really good quarterbacks. Yes. There's some really good talent. You definitely, you know, you want to be in that top five tier. You want to be in that top three tier to make sure that you get a five-star athlete on your roster. And then there's the other train of thought, and that is, I don't, I, I'm building an organization here and, and I don't want that losing mentality to seep into this locker room <laughs> or, or have the players believe that that's okay. So there are two different philosophies out there. Fans, obviously, if you know your season's over, uh, you're, you're going to lean towards the first one where you want a better draft pick, right? But coaches and general managers and, and 
not all, but many owners out there um, are, are don't want that losing mentality to to you know manifest itself in in that organizational culture. Whether you believe it's a thing or not, Bart. No, no, I get that. But you look at the fact like another team that's kind of getting it wrong is the Chicago Bears because the Bears have an opportunity to get a quarterback and a receiver. And they're, they're more near um, Napier right now and really have allowed Arizona to kind of solidify that second, you know, draft you know draft position so that they can take uh, Marvin Harris Jr. Um, but, you know, you look at what happens if the Jet lose and the Bears win – you know, then, you know, what happens with the tiebreakers and all that type of stuff. It gets real interesting. It looks like, you know, New England at four wins are kind of solidified in a top five spot because the most they can win is six. The Cardinals, uh, the Commanders is solidified, I believe, in like the top five. The Chargers, oddly enough, like that's the fireball offense. The Chargers are five and six. But the Chargers are in, in place. And you know the Chargers, they'll, they'll go take a, um, they'll, they'll go take a uh, receiver. Like, they don't mind doubling down on a position if they think that's the best player available to build around Justin Herbert. So it's interesting when you look at the consequences of a lot of teams that are 7-8, and 7-8, 8-7, and, eight, eight and seven, and how they finish up is going to determine draft capital. And you have to ask yourself, was it worth it? Was it really, really worth it? Also, Bart, more information, more details surfacing in regard to Russell Wilson mm. and, what's in, and what happened. I can't get away from it. You can't, you can't get away from it. It's like an allergy. It just keeps spreading on you, man. Like I, I mean, I just talked about this for, for four hours. And here so, we go, man. It's growing legs, and this story is far from over. It is. It is. So if you're just if you're just listening to uh, some, some NFL news today, so apparently, um, you know, th- this is something that was in the making. The Denver Broncos re- approached – Russell Wilson and asked him to renegotiate his contract in regard to uh, him making the guaranteed money, which is somewhere around what thirty-five million dollars, something like that. If he gets if he, injured, if yeah. he gets injured, and he was unwilling to rework that deal, why would I do and, that? And and because of that, um, the Denver Broncos now have decided that they're going to bench him. They're going to play Jared Stidham. So there's that compounded with the fact that I actually I liked Jared Stidham coming out of school. Uh, he went to the Patriots. Patriots now are developing a track record for ruining quarterbacks. We'll see with Sean Payton getting his hands on him. I think Sean Payton is really excited yeah. to see what Jared Stidham can do Stop the next it. two weeks. So there's so there's that, right, to, to make an assessment with Jared Stidham. But he couldn't say it with a straight face. Like, when you look at him trying to address the media, like, I thought he was, I thought he was having a seizure, man. He froze up like Mitch McConnell, <laughs> man. I was like, he but, just I, – I, I know what it look looks like. Uh, uh, like, come on, man. You acting like Joe stutter, stutter, man. Like, stop it, man. So – but here's the thing. You Russell Wilson is, gonna, is going to dress as the second backup quarterback. Oh, I'm going to get my ass hurt in warm-ups. I'm getting me that extra $35 million. You can't say my back don't hurt if I throw it out. So, it, ex- like, Bart, explain that to me. He's Listen, going He's going to stupid. dress. He's going to be the – so, God, if anything Hope happens Jared to Stidham, get, him, get he is going to – And I'm going to go out there and I'm going I'm to I'm step into one like Roger Dorn. The first time I get hit, I ain't getting up. And I'm going to sit there like, y'all want to y'all say F me? F you. But is, isn't – but if you're, if you're going to – Was my, that on the list? Was that on the list? I didn't actually cuss, but was that on the list? Can't say that those two letters. You're forget fine. You. You're you. fine. You're I'll fine. Say, I'll, I'll say forget you. 
Forget yeah, you. Because forget that's you. That's what they give right. Russell forget Wilson. You. And what but, I hate is the fact – I'm sorry, Nita. What I hate <laughs> is the fact that, you know, coaches get their money guaranteed. And here is a guy that's you, – you, you made a contract with him, and now you're trying to manipulate. He gives you the best chance to win. And the fact that Sean Payton's saying, oh, well, we want to see if Jerry Stidham gives the best chance to win. It hasn't been Russell Wilson in a lot of these games that they've lost. He hasn't played great like a franchise quarterback. But three of them L's, them hot L's that you got, you got to put it right on the plate of Vance Joseph trying to figure out how not to crash that Ferrari that he got that he got gave, uh, you know, that he got gifted because they they ranked high last year before he even took over. But just going <laughs> going back to my main point is this doesn't make sense to me. If you're if 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 the main reason that you are that you are benching Russell Wilson is because you are worried that he's going to get injured and you don't want to be on the hook for the thirty plus whatever million dollars that it is. Thirty-seven. Yep. There you go. Why are why is he even dressing, Bart? Yep. Why is he even dressing? And remember, this happened with Colin Kaepernick and RG three when they were trying to get rid of him, and they wouldn't let RG three play until he signed. I mean, I'm sorry, Kaepernick play until he signed the contract saying it. He waves that right. Why would I wave that right? If I get hurt, that I mean I got hurt. Why would I want not want to have protections that I negotiated my contract just a year and a half ago or two years ago? That that's foolish for me to ever do something like that. Why? It's always crazy how like coaches get fired, but they still get their money. But they want us to give back money and, and, and make a deal that's only beneficial, one sided to the team. If I took that out, then I want more money put into my contract by the end, end year. I want an end of the, re, of the year roster bonus because I know you're going to cut me and I'll never see that $37 million. It's so funny. Uh, you, you, keep on go- <laughs> you keep on going back to the player and the contract, and I understand why, because you were one and, and you went through this. I'm still stuck on the organization and Peyton, and what are they doing if, we know what Peyton was doing. The hostile takeover was was in it whenever he came. It was nothing that Russell Wilson could have did outside of play, having an MVP year that would have saved his job. He knew the fact that he was going to come in there, he was going to get rid of all these contracts that he could get rid of, got rid of Randy Gregory after they just paid Randy Gregory all that money. He started getting rid of the veterans that had a voice, and he's trying to weaken the locker room so it's guys that won't stand up to him and won't speak up. But in doing so, when is the general manager going to be held accountable because – you talk about the worst deal in NFL history. Um, the general manager that made that deal is still there. So at what point is Sean Payton going to try with the hostile takeover to try and get in the ears of the ownership group that's new there, that 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 knows uh, Sean Payton as a outstanding coach and don't know him as anything else, but then the general manager has a stain on him. Is he going to be able to be in the ear and say, "Hey, I can, you know, I can be the, the you know the general manager. I did that with New Orleans." And try and be all more powerful with no checks and balances. Well, I I believe that there is no checks and balances. I, I think I and and based on what I've heard, Bart, Sean Payton had a cushy job with Fox, yeah, getting paid buku bucks. One yeah, but 20. getting yeah getting making money, making that paper with Fox. Didn't have to take this job. Really wanted the Chargers' job, but they didn't they didn't fire Staley. Accepted this job. After Nathaniel Hackett and all the rumors and and the dysfunction that we heard coming from that relationship with Nathaniel Hackett, there there are certain things in that contract where he does have final say. He does have a lot of power. That's crazy. And listen, live by the sword, by, die by the sword. Same thing, make you laugh, make you cry. And he's hoping that he can become Joe Gibbs. He's hoping that he can be Pete Carroll. He's hoping that you know he can be Dick Vermeil 
and being one of these guys that have a great second act. But it never works out that way. Outside of those guys that left football and came back, it is not going to be the same way or easy to, to, to have the same magic that he had when he was in New Orleans. That was perfect best-case scenario. People say, well, Drew Brees wasn't a great – he turned – Drew Brees was a really, really good quarterback, but they had a bad record, so they decided to go with the um, – with Phillip Rivers and bring him in, so we knew that he was leaving. But before he got his shoulders stepped on, he was having a Pro Bowl, all-pro caliber year. So all the people say, oh, well, Drew Brees was a failed quarterback until Sean Payton got there. That's all cap. And the fact that, you know, uh, Miami wouldn't uh, pass him on a physical is what changed his fate. You know, lightning rarely strikes twice in the same spot. So – when he, while he's getting rid of all these people, all the players, and who knows what he does with Vance Joseph next year because that defense underperformed for what we have, was used to seeing it perform at last year. Let's see at the end of the day if, if, if he has to go walk the plank. But next year, all eyes are going to be on Sean Payton. And if he knows anything about the recent history of the Denver Broncos, he must know that they have had the hardest time ever drafting and developing a rookie quarterback, Paxton Lynch failed. Tim Tebow was a failure, right? They have been a team that has not been able to get that position right since Peyton Manning walked out of those doors. What, what, what was his name before they got paid all that money uh, that went to that, that Cleveland took the money on for him just to do it? I forgot his name. He was garbage as two. Oh, I can't think of his name. But yeah, you talking about you talking about a coach or a quarterback? A quarterback, the quarterback that they paid eighty five million dollars. And then he went to Cleveland. Cleveland ate that money for him oh, and took yeah. him in the tray. Yeah, I know. He, I, I know. Did he go? He he came from USC or Oregon or something like that, right? Yes, yes. So Pastor. So that's that's three quarterbacks. I know, that we I know can who name. you're talking about. His name yeah. escapes me. Yeah, we can name we can name him. We can name Paxton Lynch. We can name Drew Locke. We can name Tim Tebow. So now the fact that Sean Payton thinks he's just going to wave Russell Wilson and find somebody that's equally as good as him or even to the same standard, while still eating that money, is going to be, I think, a more difficult task than he anticipates. And you talk about he's he's in an era where the patients run thin now. So he's already one year in. So by year three, we're going to be talking about Sean Payton potentially losing his job. And, 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 and let's see where that leaves him. As far as his Hall of Fame career, does that take a stain when he can't win in his second act? He's Bart Scott. I'm Anita Marks in for Alan Hahn. It is the Bart and Hahn show. When we get back, Dan, uh, I'm sorry, Nathan Zaguro. We got Dan Graziano, by the way, who confirmed he's going to be joining us at 1 o'clock. That's why I had Dan's uh, name I'll on my mind. Uh, Nate, Nathan Zaguro is going to join us next right here on 98.7 ESPN. Thanks for listening to the Bart and Hahn show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Uh, Nathan, happy holidays to you and yours. Thank you so much for joining us. How you doing? I'm great. Happy holidays. Great to be with you and uh, and Bart. What a treat. It's a, it's a walk down memory lane for me. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. See, people don't realize that. I know if Anita realized that, you know, we was first. You, you was with me and you are my first TV job of all time, CBS. Me and you rocking out with our that's socks right, out top. tops. There we go. So the band exactly. is back. The band, although uh, yeah. this this singer, um, you know, uh, was performing with another group prior to us doing this segment. Let's dive right <laughs> into it. Let's talk about Joe Flacco. Unbelievable. We've been talking about it for the last two days. Dude should be in contention for comeback player of the year. He goes from off the couch, driving his kids to school, picking his kids up from school, taking them to soccer practice, to helping engineer this Browns team to get to the playoffs, let alone still in contention, as wild as that sounds, to get the number one seed in the AFC. Kind of take us down this road and what's happened here, Nathan. It's been awesome. I mean, Joe Flacco's come in and he has been great on the field he's been great in the locker room he's just a great guy and i think he's so happy to be playing meaningful december games and it's funny you know cleveland is such a passionate city i joked with him and this was after his first win and now it's the flacco fever has completely gripped this city but i was like you are i think you're more popular here right now than you ever were in baltimore and he laughed and he goes yeah this town is freaking crazy but he is slinging it He's got 1,307 yards, 10 touchdowns. Those are Cleveland Browns franchise records for the most passing yards and passing touchdowns by a quarterback in their mm. first four starts with the organization. He's been fantastic. Three and one as a starter off of play action. He has been so good, averaging 12.9 yards per attempt. That's first in the NFL, a rating of 129.9 second in the NFL. And the arm is as strong as ever. He's got what I like to call a little bit of arm arrogance because some of the throws he's made, he saw the highlight of the 51-yarder to Amari Cooper against the Bears in between three defenders. And then last week, vertical passes. And then even one when he was getting sacked, falling down and threw it to the sideline on a comeback to Amari Cooper that was just incredible. He's been great. This whole team has embraced him. He's come in. And, you know, this is it feels like a little bit of a team of destiny. All the things that this Cleveland Browns football team has dealt with this year, and you keep bringing guys in off the streets like Joe Flacco, Kareem Hunt, who wasn't with the team for the first four weeks or the first couple of weeks, and then all of a sudden, you know, he's tied his career high with eight rushing touchdowns. We get Deron Harmon off the street a couple of weeks ago. He gets an interception of the win over Houston. So it's been kind of a magical season. But Joe Flacco, he's having a great time, and he is playing great football and I think he allows Kevin Stefanski to run the offense he is most comfortable with and to sequence plays in the manner in which he's most comfortable with because with Joe Flacco it's mostly on schedule but he's made plays off the schedule but you can run that hard play action game he was well versed in it from his time with the Jets 
uh, when Mike LaFleur was the offensive coordinator. And so and he's taken to this very, very quickly, and he's playing great. How much of the credit has to go to Bill Callahan? Because we know Joe Flacco is a lot of things. Fleet of foot is not one of them. The fact that they have these little half throwbacks and devising these, um, you know, these um, offensive line protections, knowing that, you know, the Cleveland Browns have been hit and struck particularly at the offensive line position yeah. with a, a rash of devastating injuries that have crippled many of uh, organizations in this league. No, you're right, and I think Bill Callahan does get a lot of credit. Now, Flacco's made some. He's, got, he's escaped a few times and made some throws on the run that have been right. Generally speaking, does his best work inside the pocket. And so if you go back and watch the Chicago game, for example, the Browns were having a big problem with Montez Sweat. And so if you look at their two shot plays, the 57-yarder to Marquise Goodwin and the 51-yarder to Amari Cooper, the catch and run in that tight window throw, what they did was they actually used David Njoku on the front side to block that defensive end they pulled the backside guard to create a double team there. They double teamed on the other side, had one double team in the middle, and kind of moved the pocket just a little bit to the right side. We saw it on the play uh, last week to Amari, the 75 yarder, same thing, but to the left side. They moved the pocket a little to the left, kind of create that space, buy some time, and then Joe Flacco's been able to operate. So, yeah, Phil Callahan, he's been phenomenal. I mean, we're without our number one, our number two, and number three starting tackles. We're down to tackles four and five. Another guy, Jaron Christian, you know, right off the streets. He's only given up one sack in the last four games. It's incredible what this team has overcome and the resilience they've shown. It's been, it's been such a fun season. Nate Zagura again joining us here at 98.70 ESPN, part of the Browns broadcast team. Okay, quick fire here for you. Amari Cooper dealing with a heel. Do you anticipate him to go tonight, Nate? Yeah, it's a game-time decision. They'll work him out before the game, but I would think that Amari will find a way to be out there, especially coming off of that historic 265-yard game against the Texans. Njoku and Joe Flacco have this unbelievable chemistry. Uh, you know, I'm, 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 in, I'm, in, I'm still alive in five of my 12 fantasy football leagues because of Njoku and how he's being utilized yep. in this passing game. Are we going to see a lot of that the same tonight against the Jets? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, you think about the last three games with Joe Flacco, 239 yards, four touchdowns for David Njoku. He scored in all three of them. Now, C.J. Mosley and Quincy Williams, they can cover. You know, pro football focus, those are two of the top three graded linebackers in coverage in the league. But I do think you're talking about David Njoku against either Jordan Whitehead or Tony Adams at the safety position. I like that matchup for the Cleveland Browns. And with Sauce Gardner out there, you know, he kind of is eliminating a side of the field right now. I would expect the Chiefs to get a lot of work in this game. And he's been sensational. Career year in receptions, yards, touchdowns, all of it with four different quarterbacks throwing him the ball. He's one of the best blocking tight ends. I think, you know, you talk about true, complete tight ends in the National Football League. I think George Kittle and David Ajoku are the preeminent ones. Now, we know what the expectations are from the fans, but what's the realistic um, expectations and confidence level amongst the team? And if they live up to him, what does that mean for the future of Deshaun Watson and Joe Flacco coexisting maybe? Mm. I think let's start with the first question, which is this team completely believes. And, you know, Deron Harmon, he's a three-time Super Bowl champ. He came in and he's like, man, this locker room is special. The belief, the bond, the accountability, all of it. We've got a lot of great veteran leaders. And, you know, if you go back to that Chicago game, the Browns were down 17-7. to They get a recovery, a muff punt, and then Flacco threw an interception on the very next play. In the past, that would have been it. But not this Browns team. The defense comes out and makes plays. And all of a sudden, Flacco heats up and throws for 212 yards and a touchdown in the fourth quarter. 
So there's a lot of belief. So this team, I think, is capable of doing anything. You look around the National Football League right now, there aren't any super teams. And maybe the closest was the 49ers, but they just got beat by the Baltimore Ravens. So And, and beaten pretty good, by is the, the way. Ravens right? not a super team? Is the Ravens not a super team? I know that's, that's blasphemous from a um, Blasphemous? They're not a super team. They're good. No, no, I'm, no, I'm asking you. I said it was blasphemous to say that. Yeah, yeah. The Browns beat him in Baltimore this year, and that was with Deshaun Watson when he went 14 of 14 in the second half with a broken shoulder and a high ankle sprain. But okay. the I'm Browns, look, I think when you talk about next year, it, 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 we're worried about the moment right now. You know, Joe Flacco, I, I think if he wanted to come back here and said he loved his experience and wanted to come and, and be the backup for Deshaun Watson, I, I think that on a veteran minimum, that would certainly be on the table. But we'll have to see how that all plays out. It is Deshaun Watson's team and organization, and, and the locker room absolutely loves and believes in him. And I think the resilience they showed coming out of that Baltimore game was, let me tell you something, this team really felt like after beating Baltimore in Baltimore, the manner in which they did, that they could do anything. And then you find out that Wednesday he's not going to play, and then a rookie quarterback leads you to a huge win over the Steelers at home. The fancy gets them ready to play. I think he should be in the coach of the year conversation again, which would be his second time in four years. But, yeah, we'll worry about that stuff in the future. But this team's got a lot of belief, Bart. They really do. They they do. No, they should. They should. I think that yeah, they yeah. have closers. I think they're it's their fun. most complete defense. You know, even though the Ravens statistically is a yeah. good defense, they don't have those closers like Zadarius Smith or Miles Garrett yep. that can go get you, make you a play instantaneously. The closest thing they got to that is Kyle Hamilton, and he's not as we're not as adapt to seeing him do it as much sure. as we've seen Zadarius and 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 you think about. Uh, Miles Garrett, of course, is always going to be in the running yeah. for Defense Player of the Year. Nate, last question yeah, for you. Right I, I know that. you got a, I, yep. I know you got a boogie, um, and and that is so. The Cleveland Browns are favored right now at, at minus seven and a half. The over under is at thirty four. Uh, here's what's interesting, um, and that is Cleveland at home holds opponents to ten points on average. On the yep. road, it, it goes up to thirty. Why is that? And 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 what what's your game script for tonight? What's what do you anticipate to happen tonight? I think this Browns defense has a very good chance to suffocate and completely squeeze the life out of this Jets offense. Think about the fact, Trevor Simmons. Yeah, welcome have back, Trevor. Not one pass of more than 10 yards in the air. Really, the best play they had was the screen to Brees Hall and handing it to Brees Hall. The Browns have the front. The Browns have the corners. Denzel Ward, MJ Anderson, Greg Newsom, the best trio in the league. They'll be able to play tight coverage. And I think the Browns have a chance to take the football away. They've got the most interceptions in our third most interceptions in the league with 16. I think that's in play. The offensive line's kind of patchwork right now for the Jets. I know they've started 12 different combinations, the most in the league. I think it's going to be a, t- a long night for Simeon. I don't. I would not expect the Jets to score a lot. And if you watch that Houston game, or if you didn't watch it, you see 22 points. They scored seven on a kick return touchdown. The Browns pulled their starters up 36-7 to seven in the fourth quarter, and then they scored twice on the backups. The starters did not give up a single point, and that was on the road. This defense is cooking right now. Nate, you rock. Uh, again, happy holidays to you and your beautiful family. Happy always holidays, great to, yeah. Always great to hear your voice, my friend. Thank you for spending time with us. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. Right, you got it. Nathan Zagura joining us here on the Bart and Han Show. Quick break. We come back. I'll give you my picks in my plays for tonight's game. I've got some prop bets as well. We'll see. Is Bart Scott with me or is he not? We'll do that next here on 98.7 ESPN. Thanks for listening to the Bart and Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. 
Garrett Wilson talking about building that chemistry with uh, Trevor Simeon, who's getting the start tonight against the Browns. Uh, we're expected to get Garrett Wilson on our show tomorrow uh, around 2 o'clock, I believe. So definitely stay tuned for that. All right, Bart, you ready to go? I'm going to give you my picks and plays for tonight. You can tell me if you're uh, ride, and, yeah. ride and die or if, you're, uh, if you think I'm, I'm nuts. I'm jumping ship. Come on, you haven't even heard my first pick no, yet. No, no, I'm saying no. You said ride or die, and I said the other half or jumping ship. That's okay. Like the, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. All Let's right. go. All right, here we go. First things first. Uh, I'm going to play a same game teaser tonight. I'm going to tease the Browns down to minus one and a half, and I'm going to tease the under up to forty and a half, which means that the Browns have to win by minimum two points. And also, the total in this game, all points put up on the board have to be below 40 points in order for this to win. The Browns, they've won three straight. The Jets' defense, um, they just got torched by Jacoby Brissett, the lead, which, you know. They put up 30. They put up a 30-burger, 30 30-piece. 30 Robert Sala, worst coach on a short work week. Do you know this? Robert Sala's 0-5 wow. Wow. on six days or fewer. I'm just saying, Trevor Simeon, bad last week. Despite facing the NFL's worst pass defense, he only averaged four-point yards per play. Yeah, listen, so, he was bad last time he saw the Cleveland Browns. They, they got him up out of there in like two plays. Yep. So what do you think about my same-game teaser? So both those things have to hit in order for me to win. The Browns have to win by a minimum of two, and the total score in this game has to finish under 40. That's, that's where I get scared because – you know that the Jets have a good defense, and they'll probably turn Joe Flacco over a couple of times. You know, because Joe, you know, what we're not reporting is that Joe's thrown a lot of interceptions, and sometimes he can hold on to the ball, and we've seen him underneath the Jets. So somehow I think they're going to get more than 40 points, whether it's a straight-up beatdown by, by Cleveland or if the Jets kind of get some meaningless type of points when you think about Zerline getting some field goals late in, this, late in the game. Hmm. So you're so so you are jumping ship with my same game teaser. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to jump ship just that time. Okay. All right, I, know that's got, fine. I know you got I know you got other ones. I know you got other ones. Maybe no, I got other ones. I got. Maybe I'll ride it down. Buckle up, baby. Buckle up. Buckle up. Uh, another bet that I'm gonna make is the Jets team total over. Uh, I'm sorry, under team total under 13 and a half points. Under 13, which means the Jets are not going to put up more than 13 points against this Browns defense. Yeah, I think are that's you... a, that's a safe bet. You talk about they only give up 10 points um, in in the dog pound. Trevor Simeon, it's going to be it's going to be some tough sledding. I think that's a pretty that's a pretty safe bet that it could get quite quite Ody wild ugly out there. We could see Brett Rippin. I don't know who's backing up tonight. I'm assuming it's going to be Brett Rippin. If anybody's seen him in his one star with the Rams. That start was so good that they shipped his ass off to Seattle. <laughs> All right. Um, again, the reason I'm going under 13 and a half team total points for the Jets. Worst offense against the best defense. Browns, I think, make a statement tonight. Top five in regard to pressure on a quarterback and also top five in regard to quarterback hits. Um, offensive production on the road their last four games. Zero points. Six points, twelve points, and thirteen points. Yeah, that, the over the over yeah. of this has only hit once this season at home for the, the the Cleveland Browns with their opponents. 
So, um, so again, Jets team total under 13 and a half points. And that one you like. Yeah, I like that one. I mean, it's, just, it's all lining up for the Cleveland Browns. Hostile environment, short week. Um, outstanding um, cornerbacks in Ward. And a hell of a pass rush with a offensive line. I don't know who's going to play offensive line, how they mix it up. Dwayne Brown, IR with a bad back, that's out. So, <sighs> that's going to take that package away, the tackle over, or the tackle eligible type of play. It's going to be tough sledding, man. All right. Here are my prop bets tonight, okay? Uh, I'm all in on Joe Flacco. I'm going over 25.5 pass attempts. I'm going over 233.5 passing yards. And I'm going over 1.5 touchdown passes. Stefanski will throw the ball at least 45 times. As Nathan alluded to, this is pretty cool. Um, Joe Flacco became the eighth Cleveland passer to throw multiple touchdown passes in four consecutive games and will tie the franchise record if he does it tonight. Attempting over 40 passes in all of his starts, Flacco is the first Cleveland quarterback to throw the football 40-plus times in four straight games. So I, 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 think, I think they try to get this record for Joe Flacco. I think they toss the rock a lot regardless of how, what, what the score looks like. And especially if you talk about the fact if Sauce isn't traveling and Amari's up, it should be it should be easier to move the ball throwing than it is running the ball. And listen, Skafanski is a guy that if he if he finds a weakness, he's going to exploit it in the form of you know Mari Cooper, a yak guy. <clears throat> think about Njoku when you have a team that's able to get pressure on a, on a quarterback like that. You think about tight end screens as well. You know, it, yeah. I mean, I think throwing the ball is going to be the way to go, opposed to running the ball, because I think the Jets are going to sell out on running the ball. I mean, on uh, stopping a run. So, again, uh, Joe Flacco, over 35 and a half pass attempts. I, I, I think he passes the ball a minimum of 40 times. That might be my favorite bet. Over 233 and a half passing yards and over one and a half passing touchdowns tonight against the Jets. And last but not least, I'm going all in on David Njoku. Anytime touchdown for him is plus 185 and over 46 and a half receiving yards. Okay. Uh, Flacco has thrown four touchdowns to his tight ends and six to the rest of the Browns. All right. Um, Nujoku has scored in three straight games. Uh, he'll be going up against the linebackers and safeties, as we know, against the Jets. They've allowed 50 receiving yards to tight ends in seven games this season. Um, and New York has also allowed 16 touchdown passes uh, to opposing tight ends. I'm sorry. New, I'm sorry. Correction here. The Jets have allowed 16 touchdown passes through the air, and eight of those 16 have been to tight ends, Bart. Eight of the 16. <clears throat> half, of, half of the touchdown passes that they have allowed this season have yeah. gone to tight ends. Because you think of the matchups, right? If it's one weakness, not that it's a weakness because White, Whitehead has made tremendous plays, but sometimes they have communication issues on the back end. You think about one of those was to a fourth-string tight end um, for New England on a busted play. Um, I think they get, they're going to have the appropriate uh, respect for Sauce Gardner on the outside and what he brings to the table and why, why poke that bear if you don't have to. And then you look on the other side, you know, DJ Reed struggled just a little bit last, last week. And if Amari Cooper can do half the things that Jalen Waddle was able to do, then it could pose for a long, long day for DJ Reed. 
So again, prop bets all on the overs for Joe Flacco. Najoku, anytime touchdown, as well as over 46 and a half receiving yards. I'm going to play a same game teaser, teasing the Browns down to one and a half and the under up to 40 and a half. And also the Jets team total under 13 and a half. And this is how I enjoy my Thursday night football games when By they're complete money? duds. By making money? By Listen, yeah. that's, the only reason, that's the only reason why half the people watch these bowl games because you don't have any exactly. idea who the hell is these people even playing. Like, thank God exactly. for, for – for, it would be no ratings if it wasn't for gambling. Like, ah, I can make some money. I know something about Tulane. A lot of people don't know. I've kind of paid attention. You know, gambling is the best and worst thing to ever happen to, um, to, to, to sports. Which, by the way, I do have two plays for you. Uh, we've got bowl games on later on this afternoon. A few happening right now as we speak. But some later on this afternoon in this evening, I've got those picks and plays for you as well. I'll share with you at some point in time on the program. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number two. Dan Graziano will join us. We'll get the latest, uh, get his take on what happened with Zach Wilson. It is week 16 of the NFL season. A lot happening. Man, probably no game, Bart, more important than the Ravens and the Miami Dolphins. Mm. So much is riding on that game in regard to who gets the number one seed, the two seed, who gets in, the Steelers, the Colts. So much is riding on that game. It's unbelievable. We'll dive into that. All the things with Dan Graziano next. Hour two, the Barton Han Show here on 98.7 ESPN. 